Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today we are looking at the penultimate episode of Transformers Robots in Disguise Season 2, Decepticon Island Part 1. Yes, first half of a multi-parter. Final two-parter. That's right. First aired May 7th, 2016. Uh, written by Adam Beechin, whose job it, it usually is to write the premieres and the finales. Mm-hmm. Uh, last seen writing both parts of Overloaded, our, uh, our first season, or our second season premiere. He's also the producer on this. So he knows what the meta plot is. Yes, and uh, this is where the meta plot Starts coming in and sets up the metaplot for the next season. Sort of. Kind oh. of. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the next episode is this episode doesn't seem to. There's a little bit of it. So the, uh, we, as you will recall from our last episode, the home and away teams are now reunited. And they, everybody is back at the scrapyard, ready to hunt down the mysterious Decepticon Island. Uh, from which many of our Decepticon foes have uh, struck this year. Yep. And this has also led to the somewhat awkward situation of having Optimus Prime around with Bumblebee. So Bumblebee has gotten all, like, trying to be the leader, and Optimus Prime is also trying to be the leader. Meet the new boss, not the same as the old boss. (laughs) So, yeah, they are tracking down a Decepticon fugitive. Uh, probably wants them to go off-road. Prime is not so big on that. Probably because, you know, he's old and his suspension isn't what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't say that, but I also thought that. Yes. It also seems weird that, like, all of them, except for Fix-It, all of them are all together chasing after one Decepticon. It's a very important Decepticon. Yes, this does seem like overkill, especially when you find out who that Decepticon is. It's the most important, the most powerful Decepticon of them all. (laughs) Yes. It's not. Uh, It's not at all. No. Oh, Grimlock (laughs) is pedaling so fast to keep up with everybody else. Oh, yes. doing his whole, like, Flintstones car thing, but he's got his disguise on. I bet he really he misses to being towed. He's keeping up with supercars in a jet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are asking a lot of him. And so, you know, everybody's sort of talking about how, you know, how they've grown and changed over their time apart, and Sideswipe is claiming that uh, he and Windblade were sort of a team within the team. Yeah, Windblade is not interested. Windblade is only interested in being lesbians with Strongarm. And Strongarm is very interested herself. (laughs) She she wants to be the team within a team. Yeah, it's like that. That team within a team is 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 that a new euphemism for gal pals? Well, (laughs) Grimlock has not heard it before, but he's very interested in the concept, and he wants to be in a team within the team with Drift. Uh, well, Grimlock is, is quickly transforms that into teenies. Yes. Hey, hey, Drift, you want to be a team within the team with me? No. <laughs> he does. He's just like, no. 
wasn't quite as good as the Optimus Prime. Would you like to hear something funny? But it's definitely pretty close to that kind of no. Hmm. So they, they, they transform, they head into the woods, and they finally find this terrifying Decepticon who's required the entire team to spring into action. It is time to, and it is time to reject modernity and and embrace carcinization. Because it is crap. It's our good friend Clampdown. The, the best little boy. The the Jim Cummingsiest crab around. <laughs> yes. Lead over from last week in, in Galma's obsession with eating crab. Yes. We have the best crab transformer now. <laughs> oh, damn it, I, I'm still annoyed he never got like a deluxe or warrior oh, I know. size. He's, he's yeah, a, he, he needed crazy. a good He's point. a crab snitch who turns into a woody wagon. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, the legends or whatever size he got is really cute. It is pretty cool, but but he's small. I, yes. I want, I want like, oh, what is the the, the no, not masterpiece studio series. Yeah, <laughs> them. studio series robots in disguise, guys. Give me like a really good steel jaw. Oh man, yes. Oh wow, yeah, steel jaw clamp down. Uh, there's probably a couple other guys who could use a really good toy, but um, give, give, me, give me a chop shop using like power core combiner technology. Oh yes, nice. Maybe make him a Voyager. But yeah, there's a lot of neat guys in the show who either didn't get toys or got odd sized toys. Yeah, so many. It's painful. I mean, none of them are as bad as like um, Arachnids. Toy that she did get, which wasn't great. No, isn't there some sort of rumor that we're getting some sort of arachnid? I think uh, so. there's a third party arachnid. Oh, maybe that's oh. what I'm thinking of. Oh, right, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which it looks like it's a masterpiece quality. It looks so good. Seeing that, I'm buying it. Yeah, I'm buying it so much. I, I I like arachnid, but I don't like arachnid enough. I do. Yeah. Especially since she was just in one show we did a while ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay retail for Arachnid. I'm not paying third party. I'm, mm. I might pay third party for Arachnid. Third Normally. party clampdown or Steeljaw, maybe. Arachnid. Mm. I mean, if if it came out, what do you Normally it's got to be like a wrong, but... Wrong. Yeah. Okay, there are comic guys that probably, yes, they would bite, but... Yeah. That, that is what pushed me into third party, but, you know... Mm. Anyways, but it turns out that there's somebody else in the forest with Clampdown. Somebody who everybody recognizes immediately. <gasps> and then we cut to the starting then credits. Then we cut to the credits. I love, I'm in a shadow. I love credit cut like drama. Reveal. Yeah, which is why Rescue Bots was really good because they always had the credit cut. All these pre credit peril. Yes, you always had some kind, someone had to be in mortal peril or you could not start the show. Yes. But we're not getting more really in mortal peril peril. since it's just clamped down. But indeed, it turns out that the the mystery bot is our old pal Ratchet from from Transformers Prime, still voiced by star of this month's Patreon episode, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, yes. Dr. Mordred himself. Daddy! It's time, it's time for some dark energon. He's got a baby! 
He does Herbert indeed, West much like back. many characters. He's working with a Minicon, in this case the strong, silent type Minicon ninja undertone. He's a yes. ninja? He well, looks, I guess he's he got looks like some a ninja. things on his back that may be swords. He's got like the ninja mask. He's, he's very Storm Shadow. He is oh, a bit. Yeah, yeah, kind of. He, 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 it's neat that he's there. He just he doesn't say anything, which is kind of cool. Uh, Ratchet didn't get a new toy for this series, did he? I think he did. Oh, I don't. I never know. saw it, but I'm reasonably sure he did. Oh, hmm. Ratchet's here. He's got a baby. Also, he gets to do. I needed that. Yes. Yes, I had to go back in my notes, quite to another notebook, to find out this is, I needed that number nine. (laughs) I also realized, oh, I haven't been counting Optimus Prime speeches in this show. No, he he doesn't give as many. No. They're not quite as blatant. Yeah, when they were in Prime, they were big speeches. And if Ratchet got three toys in Robots in Disguise... Oh, wow. A Legion class, a one-step changer, and a warrior class. Oh. Did any of them have the baby? The no, baby. He, came separ- he came separately. I want ah. to see the baby. <laughs> I would like to see the baby. Oh, it's, it was just redecos of this toy? Wait. It was, was a redeco, it? Yeah. or it was a remold of Strongarm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Uh, the wiki's linking me to the wrong thing. Well, there's also like a, a Legion class or whatever. There we go. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, little guys. Oh yeah, the strong arm remold ridiculous. But uh, yeah, undertone came. If you want, he came in a four pack. If you wanted the one that looked like he did on the show. All oh, right, mm. I did get. I might actually have the undertow. I did not ever. Get, I'd never found that one, which is unfortunate because I really wanted it. I got some packs, and I think there was one I never even opened. I'll have to look for next week. Oh. Baby, because the minicons were neat, but they weren't neat enough. Yeah. I just, I like them. They're little. They just got shuffled back in the toy. Yes, the, the distribution of this line was not great. No. Yeah, there was that. So yeah, so obviously Ratchet knows uh, Prime, and he knows B, and he's very happy to see them. And he's introduced to the rest as these are also some guys we know. This B's team. Uh, also, we get one of those things that we've uh, we've brought up actually on our Patreon last month, uh, where you have people trying to aggressively not say the word "died" because Ratchet says that he thought that Optimus was destroyed. Well, at least that makes slightly more sense with robots. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Whereas it's extremely weird when you're talking about like humans. <laughs> Optimus, you're alive. I thought you were sent to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> I mean, he kind of was in the Shadow Realm for that first season of Robots oh, yeah. in Disguise. <laughs> yeah, that was actually more accurate it was, it than was normal. It was a dark place. It was, it, was, it was a true home for infinite losers. Okay. <laughs> oh, Undertone. I heard that wrong the entire episode. What did you think he was? Underbone? I thought he said Undertoe. Uh, well, then he'd have to be like a boat. He, we yeah, don't know well, he's, he's not a boat. He, could, he transforms into a flotation device. <laughs> well, then Undertow would be a terrible name for him. Oh. Oh, I want that toy. I'm looking at it now on the week, wiki. So little. Anyway, so so pan over to the team, and then pan over to Clampdown, who's like, uh, yeah, I'm the uh, uh, new bot on the team. <laughs> hmm. 
He's a liar. <laughs> He's just gonna lie. Yeah. So, so they get back to base, and it turns out that, uh, you know, the new, you know, he was, Ratchet was helping them set up, you know, helping the new government rebuild Cybertron, but a bunch of people in the new government kind of blamed Optimus Prime and all his pals for wrecking Cybertron in the first place. So, a couple of notes here. One, once we cut, we cut back to, uh, the junkyard, with Grimlock saying, and, and I should have written down what he actually specifically said. It was like, so this is how we got here, and what's going on, and what's going on with this and that. And I just really like that exposition, like... Yes. Just shows Grimlock has explained everything to Ratchet. It's very... And I like the fact... I, I like the idea little. that they have Grimlock explain everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But Ratchet understood. Ratchet at least yeah. says he understood. Uh, but listen, yeah, listen, Ratchet, some... th- this is a story all about how our life got flipped uh, right upside down. <laughs> but that's that's some very uh, mid-run IDW stuff with everybody blaming Optimus and just being mad that the war happened in the first place. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's fun pulling that in because, I mean, that's an interesting story hook. But yes, that's why Ratchet is here now. Yeah, and yeah, he's basically off. been exiled from Cybertron, and they were pleasant enough to give him a uh, you know minicon ninja buddy, his little friend. Yes, and so yeah, I've uh, he basically said that if, if I didn't leave, they were probably going to throw me in jail. Yeah, man. We don't, yeah, we don't really see any of what's going on on Cybertron, but it is very interesting to have, like, an update. We're going to get to it next season. <gasps> like, next real season or the mini-season? Next real season, so don't get oh, too head up don't. about it, but it is coming. Okay, interesting. I it's completely not, like, caught up on any of that, so interesting. And apparently he, he, he's been tracking down Decepticon war criminals and he was tracking one guy down for years and just caught him and we don't see any of this guy. No. I guess they um, don't want to commit thought, a new model to it. Yeah, for a second I thought, are they talking about Clampdown? Did he spend years tracking down Clampdown? <laughs> Ratchet, that's I embarrassing. I wondered that too, because that seems like a lot of effort for Clampdown. Well, no, he, he's carrying another dude already. It's just yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you, you never could, see the other dude. I'm pretty sure you can lure clamp down by putting out like a a, a big <laughs> dish with a sign that reads "Crave Food," <laughs> and food would be spelled like F U D. Yes, of course, of course it would. <laughs> and then you just drop like a big net on him. Yes. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna stick around, and uh, you know, strong arm pretty clearly notes that uh, you know this is uh, this two leaders thing is not really working out. Yeah, daddies and are fighting, and it's a little yeah. awkward for everybody. And it, <laughs> yeah, and it's clear that B, you know, is trying to assert his authority, but everyone's kind of naturally listening to Optimus because he sounds like Peter Cullen. Yeah, yeah, I mean... He's taller. Listen yeah. to the tallest. Yeah. If he's telling you something, then you are absolutely gonna gonna listen to it, because come on. Mm-hmm. 
And then they, they attempt to interrogate uh, Clampdown, but he immediately passes out in terror. Because <laughs> well, everyone's <laughs> playing bad cop. That's why you have to have somebody be a good cop. Absolutely. Oh, and he's surrounded by all of them, and they're blotting out the sun. It's like he's in a dark room. And he Everyone's just in silhouette. It's pretty good. It's very dramatic. <laughs> he didn't have a chance. But yeah, Strongarm takes B aside, then it's like, maybe you guys should talk it over. And I'm like, wow, characters talking about their problems. That's pretty great. That's how you can tell this isn't anime. That's why strong arm is the best. Yes, she should be a therapist. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> okay, maybe not. I mean, she would. You would. You would. You know, mention what things you've done in therapy, and then she'd, and you know, she'd note all the crimes you've committed and uh, turn yes. you in. Yes. She would berate you for all the things that you did. Well, not berate you. She would be shocked by all the things that you did that were illegal. Even if it was just, like, jaywalking on the way there. Yes. But, uh, so, obviously, clampdown is no help. But luckily, uh, the next, the, their, the final piece of evidence literally comes right to their front door. <laughs> it is another fix-it. <gasps> Baby! What? His name isn't Fixit. He sounds exactly like Fixit. He sounds like like Fixit, and he looks exactly Fixit, but his name is Toolbox. Oh, yeah, and they mentioned a few other names, like... A flowchart, schematic, and rundown. (laughs) He's a sad, hurt baby, and they need to help him. Yeah, he's, he's all scraped up, and he has a... Restraining bolt collar on, so at least you could tell him different from yes. Fixit. But he's still the same order. Yes, and he's still yes. Mitchell Whitfield. Uh, and he actor. doesn't have the speech problems. Yes. So. So they get him so buffed yeah, they, up, they, and they, he's so happy to get buffed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he was also on the Alcamore. It turns out that much like the Titanic, the Alcamore broke in half as it was crashing to Earth. And one half crashed near Crown City. They have to explain that uh, prison ships are always cloaked, which is why nobody on Earth noticed this ship crashing to Earth right by the city. entire ship crashing to Earth. And they would dismiss the waves as anomalous weather phenomena. Okay. I mean, possibly. Yeah. It's climate change. Anyway, so the, Are all ships that carry minicons designed to easily snap in half? That seems like a recurring thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened in Armada, too. Yes, it did. At least once. I think it, I think two of the ships broke in half. I, I know it did in the comics, where there was the whole thing where the, they had the minicon moon base. Mm. Uh, Man. Those run by, like, extremist minicons. Those were good comics. Yeah. <sighs> I couldn't more of Armada have been as good as the comics. <laughs> uh, eh, Armada was okay. Anyway, so the uh, so it was taken the, the Decepticon prisoners escaped and a ruling triumvirate of Scorponok, Saberhorn, and Glowstrike all took over. And so they then enslaved the Minicon 
uh, guards. And they're making them work to uh, make this, sh- this half-ship flyable again so they can escape Earth and begin their conquest of the galaxy. They point out that many Kongs live to serve, but this is terrible. Mm-hmm. They have to at least choose who they're serving. And also not be shot at when they get tired, as we see later. Yeah, my babies. <laughs> it, it's very where there's a whip, there's a way, awkward discussion of minicon slavery. Let's just brush over that. <laughs> Show? Nope. And of course... No, but the, oh, the, oh, the, the we like to serve part is just... Uh, no. <laughs> also, they the do... House elf territory here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they do mention again. They bring up Steeljaw and point up point out again that he resembles an Earth Wolf, which again yes. makes me <laughs> yeah. question how they describe him on Cybertron. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a scuffed fix it who says that, but it's like, how long has he been outside to have seen a wolf? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, Transformers have been to Earth, so they would have like a database of like Earth animals that are cool. They can make people look Maybe? like. Yeah, that that could be possible. So I've got a big list of like cool possible alternate modes. Maybe mm. that's it. Maybe that's it's like how like Americans will take things in other cultures and be like, here are the cool things from this other culture that you could know about. Like exactly. they're just being weeaboos about wolves, <laughs> earth animals. <laughs> so they don't have their own animals. They don't have turbo foxes in this continuity. Yeah. And speaking of steel job, we cut to uh cut to Decepticon Island and Glowstrike and Saber Run. Previously they've asked him to open up this vault containing these Decepticon hunters. And indeed it turns out he has managed to open it. And so they're like, ah, you have the Decepticon hunters. We don't have to worry about rebellion in the ranks ever again. At this point, Steel Jaw is all L O L L M A O. His face though is so good. <laughs> and they put they put out their hands. Give them to us. Give them to us. And he's like, eh, eh, while holding the blade. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and somehow those guys are still alive at the end of the episode. Yes. That I mean, was maybe surprising. The, this is sort of happening a little in the future, and this invasion is actually interrupting it. Mm. Oh, yeah, that would actually be more interesting if it cut directly. Right. Mm. So... So yeah, there's this whole ass island of Decepticons. The Autobots have to figure out how to deal with it. So they they can't call Cybertron, and they don't have enough stasis pods. Yeah, because they, they say hundreds of Decepticons. It's mm-hmm. a lot of Decepticons. Yeah. No wonder they they're having have, to use Viacon models whenever yeah, else they so, have lying around. So they don't have pods, but they do have cryogas. Get it? Did that come up in a previous episode? I seem to recall it was mentioned as being part of um, Windblade's weapons caches. Okay, because I... It felt like a thing It's like, was that in an episode and I just forgot? So they're going to use it to make a stasis bomb. So they, they will have to get into the island, drop this bomb, and then, of course, uh, Prime gives the orders to split up to work on this bomb. And Maybe he's again, just uh... too senile to remember that he's not the leader. Like he yeah, just... remember Prime, you were, you, were, you were dead, and that means you're, you know, and I took over as leader. 
But even though you're still, even though you're alive now, I'm still the leader. <laughs> he starts calling him like I don't know some other name. He, he, he starts calling. Uh, starts calling him Cliff Jumper. Start, starts calling Denny Biko. <laughs> <laughs> Poor crimes. Sadly, there's nobody named Spike who he could call Splick. <laughs> or Sparkle. <laughs> Start calling the Matrix the Power Pack. Yes. That's that's what happens with Transformer Senility. They they start getting dubbed by uh, <laughs> by, uh Omni. by like three guys in Singapore. Yes. Oh. Uh Darn it. <laughs> but yeah, he just starts. I mean, it, it does come off very much like it's just force of habit at this point that he's just leading because he assumes that that's what he's there for. But maybe he's a little too senile to remember that Bumblebee's in charge now. Yeah. yeah so. And then Ratchet takes him to the side and tries to gently have a little discussion with him. Yeah, he's like, hey, Bumblebee sure has matured a lot since we saw him last, hasn't he? Like, but, but no, no, it, this is very important. I am still in charge. I'm Optimus Prime. Yeah, Ratchet, who just showed up, has sussed out the situation. Well, he's very smart. Yeah. The grandpa won't stand down. Well, I spe- you know, he and Optimus are old pals, so I don't, you know, yeah. you can have Sideswipe tell this to Optimus, but he'll listen to Ratchet. Yeah. Well, theoretically, but he's not now. <laughs> he doesn't no. know. But they, they do come up with a plan, and it, and of course they do have an ex-Decepticon on the team, so they spray paint a Decepticon insignia on him, give him a Decepticon transfusion question mark. Yeah, like, you can just get an injection and then you're a Decepticon? Wait, what? I read that in a fan Wait. fiction once, but it wasn't uh, that kind of injection. Oh, <laughs> Maybe, I I mean, I assume they were, like, changing his tracking code. Change yes. his activation code. <laughs> Dinobot have changed his activation code again. <laughs> Except it requires some kind of injection. Yeah, so so they, they they find code. Oh, and and also this is where um, uh, Grimlock. I can't remember who is Ratchet. Where he offers to uh, that he can be TVs with him and uh, <laughs> him and Drift. <laughs> oh, he offers sideswipe. Sideswipe. Please stop calling us that. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Drift. See, this was the kind of funny stuff that you didn't have with the the away team. Exactly. This is this is why they they should have rejiggered those teams. Yeah, because like the, yeah, the, the Grimlock Rift pairing is inherently amusing. It's great. It's so great <laughs> because you put serious man with big goofball. Yes. <sighs> See, we could have used that when they split up the teams. Yes, alas. And then we could have had solid brown Grimlock. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way his toy was colored for uh, Age of Extinction. That's true. Mm. That's true. Anyway, Fix-It wants to go and, you know, help liberate his fellow Minicons, but, you know, they need him back there with the humans. So everybody else is being put on this enormous boat. Yep. 
big old barge. Yeah, it's a really big. It, it it seems odd that they're sticking them all in the boat and not like have somebody sneak in the side. I guess no. And, and, I guess that they need another boat. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's weird that there's enough room for Optimus and everybody else yeah. on the boat. So you know, Grimlock floats up. It doesn't up. sink. A couple of these uh, multicolored uh, vehicons drop by. One of them, the the one guy is extremely Jim Cummings. Yes, like he he is Viacon Darkwing Duck. <laughs> <laughs> also, the one who talks over the radio, I think, is Eric Bowser. Yes. So it's also we're just getting the people we've already got in the episode. Yeah, so they're all... Wait, you captured all these Decepticons, including Optimus, Optimus Prime? Prime? Come on! Like, but then uh, Grimlock shows them how what kind of knuckleheads they are by bashing their skulls together. Yes. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a real Mo move. <laughs> Time-honored tradition. A couple of wise guys, eh? <laughs> So then we get to see all the Decepticon OCs. Yep, a whole bunch of rainbow vehicons, couple of chompazoids like Underbite. And Uh, one brown shark. Yeah, yeah, they get a shark to kind in there, and then they just get into an enormous brawl. Hmm. They just over basically nothing because I guess they're Decepticons. Yep, they're Decepticons, they gotta fight. Yep. I mean it does often seem that we just when we just see a bunch of random Decepticons, they usually just end up punching each other. They're, it's they're, just one they're constant like less bar com- fight. It's it's a real Klingon kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they sneak past this brawl and they find where they're working on this uh, this engine and these you know enslaved minicons just being abused. It's very sad. And and unfortunately, one of them spots Toolbox and he's all, "Oh, Toolbox, you've come to save us!" And it's like, "God damn it." Minicon. I will say that up until this point, I entirely expected Toolbox to have been sent to them on purpose to lead them into a trap. Yeah. That does seem like a steel jaw plan. Yeah, it very much felt like a steel jaw trader plan. It's like, I'll take your collar off if you go say hello to these Autobots. It's like very steel jaw, but then that doesn't happen. No, it's it. Well, no, pr- even before the, the one. Minicon says, hey, Toolbox! It's like Prime is like, we must rescue the Minicons. And B's like, not now! Doesn't he... Yeah, I, because... For some reason, maybe I misheard it, but it sounded like he, to me, like he said, we must collect the Minicons. Yes, <laughs> I guess. Okay. I, that's in my notes. He literally turns to the camera, talks God at the it. camera, we must collect the Minicons. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Armada! Uh, Why did you have to be like that? And and Optimus Prime tells you to collect minicons. You must collect the minicons. <laughs> uh, Although he doesn't say it minic, he doesn't say it minicons like Gary Chalk used to on Armada. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that happens, and and they're sneaking around this giant room while some Viacons are instructing the minicons on the other side, making there's. Like, what, eight or nine of them clamping around with their big robot yes. feet trying to get to another door. Yeah. It is amazing the Vehicons don't notice it to begin with before the one Vehicons. <laughs> like, look at them! Listen, we're very busy I enslaving. I feel here. like 
I, I don't want to question Bumblebee's plan here, but I do feel like maybe there were more subtle ways this could have been carried out rather than just having literally everyone just tromp through yes. the Decepticon base. Everyone like, tromping together. Like, Optimus is big. He should have been outside under the boat or something. <laughs> Split up into, like, two groups to plant the little gas everywhere, <clears throat> not... Well, I guess they're trying to get to the ventilation system, which... It's a ship for robots. Why does it even have that? I mean, you don't want I, we it to... I have seen sort of that they kind of need to breathe. And like I, in uh, Transformers, uh, the movie, when Galvatron is choking Rodimus Prime. No, well, they might I, need I air for combustion. He's trying to rip his head off, but... I, I guess if they have combustion engines, they're all mode. I guess maybe they might have like um, a no prizes. Oh, if in case there's noxious fumes, we have to vent them out. Right. Yeah, but you would think well, that would be accessible yeah, from outside in some way, and would not require them to all go tromping through the entire base. Yes, like sorry, bumblebees. Yes, we have mini cons. Shove them in the air ducts. <laughs> You guys, d- do your little John McClane thing. We'll be out here. Sorry, Bumblebee, but I think Optimus was right in this case. I think they're both wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair. so Prime says save the Minicons. Uh, B says, no, we got to complete the mission. But while they're arguing about this, uh, in comes a zillion Decepticons. So many Viacons and things. A lot of Viacons, again, with Chompazoids. And uh, we also see uh, Ground Pounder and Thunderhoof and Overload oh, yeah, we, here. We do see a couple guys. And then Steeljaw, who has now, who is now the master of Glow Strike and Saberhorn, and it's all oh, hey. yeah. Somehow Glow Strike and Saberhorn come in before him, alive. Yeah, and, and then he comes in behind them, holding the two Decepticon hunters. Yeah. Oh, so oh, hey guys. Yeah, no, this is the uh, the first outpost in my new Decepticon Empire. Well, and maybe that's where they the episode had to ends. surrender. Maybe they had to surrender because he was just too sexy. Yes, he, he just sexily saunters in. <laughs> His new Decepticon Empire. I do kind of like. I don't know. I I feel like Glowstrike and Saberhorn would have put up more of a fight, but I don't know. Maybe there's yeah, something going on. We'll fight? see soon. Yes. It is weird. Like, either they should just not appear in the rest of the episode, <laughs> implying they're dead. Yes. And they didn't really even have toys left to sell, so it's not like that would be a big deal. No. Or, like, one of them betrays the other to get one of the Decepticon hunters or something. But I guess we will find out more next week, because it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I like Steel Joel. I'm just not sure how he got in control right now. <laughs> So yeah, that is the you know this was this was an engaging two parter. I enjoy seeing uh, Ratchet and Jeffrey Combs again. Yes, yes. and uh, we, I'm liking we these did tantalizing hints his, of. We did not see his baby later in the episode, unfortunately. So oh, well. no, he does turn up. In, I'm pretty sure he's in the next episode, though. So he's still around. He's just like on Ratchet's wrist. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to see the exciting conclusion. 
So yeah, the uh, so that is it for this episode. I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, it's been a while because of power outages and, and Gridman episodes. This week on Ghost Sentai, Die Ranger, a 6,000-year grudge! That's a lot of years. No, this does not involve a 6,000-year-old mummy. Mummies? <laughs> but mummies, though. No mummies. Need more mummies. No, the, the Peacock Buddha Kujaku lady is back. And like the first few minutes are a recap, or like first minutes, like, oh, remember last time he, she was here because it's been what feels like a dozen episodes since she showed up, but she's a subplot that is going nowhere, seemingly. Like, it feels like just one writer wants to write a show about her. Anyway, uh, what is going on? A mountain climber falls down into this valley and then sees a shining peacock, which really just to me looks like a phoenix that's sort of rainbow colored. Same thing. And that gets reported on the news and wow. then the rangers and somehow Kujaku, who's like a 6,000 year old woman, also sees the news report and goes there and, and then, then there's like a, a flower dentata trap with killer vines Ooh. and the rangers and her get out of that because she's after the holy peacock teardrop which is a magic thingy that can heal all illnesses so basically it's an RPG item Yay! and this is a side quest <laughs> and then they get get attacked with bad guys and then Gara, the female villain tells like shows off her scar that I forget if she showed in a previous episode like because she doesn't normally have it it's just a special effect it's like oh I can take an illusion off and it turns out, Gara and Kujaku, 6,000 years ago, were childhood friends. What? Sure. And Gara got the scar because one day they were walking together as little kids, and some rocks fell. Nobody died. But Gara shielded Kujaku so she didn't get hurt and got a little scar on her face. Under her eye. <sighs> and some... That... Oh. Like, oh, she didn't like the scar because like, people looked at her strange after that. And Kujaku's like, I want to help heal your scar, so I'm going to go study with the Peacock Buddha and become the next Peacock Buddha. And then when I come back after my training and to see you, you're attacking the village with the Gorma tribe. It's like you've become a bad guy. Why? Because I wanted to fix the scar on my face. What? <laughs> you sold your soul to the devil. To fix a scar on your face, which you never actually fixed. It's still there. Oh, that's not good. You just have an illusion on it sometimes. That's... Covering it up so we don't have to put the, the makeup on all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's a bad Only sell. Only in like two episodes. It's like, because you got a little... Well, okay, it's like a three inch long scar from like her jaw up up from lips to her cheekbone. It's like, it's a noticeable scar, but this is the reason you're the villain? <laughs> what? And after six... You didn't get therapy in 6,000 years? <laughs> you're just... You're blaming your friend who left, who is your only friend, apparently, because... And every... Not that everyone else was judging you. You just felt self-conscious without your friend around, and you had a scar, and you went evil, and when she came back, like, you... What? Why? This... This little scar is the reason... I do not think the writer understands women. <laughs> it's like, but probably wh why did this lady does. become evil? I know she has a scar. 
It's like, oh, oh. probably thinks he does. Although I, I didn't actually look up the writer. Maybe the writer is a woman, but I kind of doubt it. <laughs> anyway, where was I after all this? Oh, yeah, Gara's evil. Rocks fall again. No one dies because it turns out the monster of the week is Count Kaleidoscope, who makes illusions. Which was the, the 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 phoenix that the mountain climber saw? That's fake. The the killer, the flowers that had teeth that tried to kill you, those were fake. The rocks that were falling, that was fake. Everything's fake. The the holy teardrop thing you were looking for ain't fucking here. <sighs> eh. Whatever. So so the Green Ranger's mad because he likes Kujako. He beats the shit out of the monster of the week. Monster of the week turns big. They kill the monster. End of episode. So, Kujaku shows up to be distracted, and we get a flashback of why the villain is a villain, and it makes no damn sense. It's not a bad episode, it's just a weird one. <laughs> it's like, what? Why a scar? A scar. You know, because I mean, vanity. <laughs> I mean, vanity can be a good reason, or, or like, selfish reasons are fun, like, Recently, in our Discord channel, we were watching Live Man, where the three main villains, well, they get more or less villains, but the main ones, like, they were students who were at a university with the heroes, but then this guy came with a spaceship, it's like, come with me, you're geniuses, I need to find the best geniuses in the world, fuck Earth, and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, we want to be better geniuses. Screw you guys, they shoot the Rangers' friends. <laughs> like, it's selfish reasons, like, I want to be the best geneticist, I want to be the best robot designer, and turn myself into an android, and replace my brain. <laughs> no, like, there's a there's... star, and it's bad. No, yeah, this is just a scar. Versus in Live Man, we have a woman who's so determined to be good at robotics, she replaces every part of her body. Oh, man. Including her brain. That's what I would do. And then regrets it at the end. But it's it's like, oh, such single-minded focus and passion. Versus a scar. Live Man good, Die Ranger entertaining. But not as good. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the week. Ooh, I need more tea. Ooh. Rob? No, yes? <laughs> I'm done. Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, I wasn't sure I was kind of trailing out there. Okay, okay so that... The all right, so that does it for us for this week. But until the next time, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground uh, for the month of May. Uh, we are going to be going to see Doctor Strange, but we're not going to assume that you are going to be going to see Doctor Strange yet. So instead, from the safety of your own home, you can join us in watching... Dr. Mordred. The full moon pictures file off the serial numbers Dr. Strange movie starring Jeffrey Combs. And you can watch it as it was meant to be watched for free on Tubi with a bunch of ads. <laughs> yes. The ads will not be uh, the ads you would see on like TBS at two in the morning though. Uh, though I guess they're probably going to be pretty similar. 
Although, also, this this would never make it to TBS. This is definitely like if you traveled back in time to 1995 and watched the Sci-Fi Channel, you could probably catch this. <laughs> I I know I saw it somewhere. I forget if it was Sci-Fi or maybe USA Network. So. Mm. So yeah, and it is like a, it's like seventy seven minutes long. So you might as well watch it before we uh, we talk about it. Yeah. yeah, nice and short. All right. So yeah, but if, and of course we'll be back next week with more robots in disguise with the exciting finale of Decepticon Island. Oh man, I want to see what Steel Joe's planning. <laughs> so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Nine, David.